Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. There's some chatter in some hunting circles about this topic. The narrative is TV hunting celebrities and public figures that are making money from hunting. Isn't that market hunting that the North American model of wildlife conservation condemns as being the antithesis of wildlife conservation? Well, the short answer to that is an unequivocal No. The tenant of the North American model of wildlife conservation that's at play here states, the commerce in dead wildlife is eliminated. So we're talking about the trafficking of dead wildlife and commercial market hunting. So some interpretations of the model say that commercial hunting and the sale of wildlife is prohibited to ensure the sustainability of wildlife populations. The North American model talks about it being illegal to sell the meat of wild animals in North America. So what we're talking about here is not making money off of hunting. What the model is talking to is about an era in North America that saw the unregulated mass slaughter of wildlife for meat markets, for fashion, and for industrial products. So let me say that again. It's the unregulated mass slaughter of wildlife. And it was occurring during the colonization and settlement of North America when Europeans saw the natural resources and wildlife and fish of North America as being this endless, inexhaustible supply of resources. So the commerce, the commerce part was in dead animals and dead animal parts, not the act of hunting or guiding. It was literally the sale of dead animals. 
It was this unregulated trafficking in wildlife meat and hides and other parts that led to the significant decline or catastrophic declines in wildlife populations in North America. So let me give you a few examples. The most famous one, bison. When Europeans first came to North America, the science is saying right now that in the 1500s, there was an estimate of between 30 and 75 million bison on the North American continent. By 1880, the estimate was as low as 100 bison left on the continent. And that was because of commercial market hunting. Bison were hunted for their tongues primarily and their hides. In fact, their hides were actually used as conveyor belts in some industrial factories, the leather. At the peak of the bison commercial market hunting, I've read estimates that between 5,000 and 100,000 bison a day were being killed in North America. The passenger pigeon. They estimated that pre-European contact, there were 3 billion passenger pigeons in North America. And they went extinct. They were hunted to extinction and their forest habitats were cleared. The passenger pigeon was killed en masse as a cheap source of meat for butcher shops. Waterfowl. They were also subject to commercial harvesting operations. And by the late 1860s in North America, a lot of ducks and geese population had collapsed. So again, what we're talking about here in waterfowl market hunting is the commercial market hunting for meat markets. As well, different waterfowl in North America and migratory game birds, their feathers were really popular in women's fashion, in hats. I once listened to a speech by Shane Mahoney that said in the 1800s, some migratory game bird feathers by the ounce was worth more than gold. Commercial meat hunting for waterfowl is where we saw the use of punt guns in North America. These were 200-pound shotguns that had the ability to kill between 50 and 100 ducks in a single shot. Some of the estimates I read is that a single commercial waterfowl hunter with a punt gun was killing upwards of 500 waterfowl a day. So when we hear the stories about how hunters became conservationists and helped restore these wildlife populations in North America that had almost gone to extinction, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about commercial market hunting for food. That's why these wildlife populations in North America were devastated. And it's hunters that stepped in and intervened and changed all of that. One of the primary criticisms of market hunting is wildlife were a public resource. And the public trust doctrine said that the elected government is entrusted with that public resource. But that government or governments were allowing the wholesale unregulated slaughter en masse of wildlife that belonged to the public that drove things like the passenger pigeon to extinction. 
and practically brought the bison to extinction. So the difference with hunting today is it's highly regulated. Hunting regulations through the use of science limits what animals a hunter can take, how many a hunter can take, what seasons of the year a hunter can hunt, what weapon restrictions there are, and there's even restrictions around the sale and transfer of wildlife that a hunter takes. And all of this is part of the North American model of wildlife conservation that's aimed at conserving wildlife populations while still allowing people to take wildlife for personal use. To perpetuate this narrative that the small fraction of licensed hunters in North America who have hunting businesses and are public figures, comparing them to market hunters and the commercial trafficking in wild meat products is more than just inaccurate. It's irresponsible. <laughs> 